up a few thousand degrees with the Lava Hot Podcast and host Joseph Connell Jr. You'll hear from ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things. From tech startup CEOs and marketing professionals to authors, investors, and sales trainers, this show will be packed with information to help you level up in life or business, taking you from on fire up to lava hot. Get ready to burn this mother down. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lava Hot Podcast. Today I have with me Earl Brion. Earl is a leadership coach with the Leadership Phalanx, and he is also the host of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. And one thing that I, I like and admire about him is that he is a Marine veteran. Earl, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here, brother. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. I, I know that we linked up, uh, you know, by chance, I think, in a, a group of podcast uh, individuals. And, you know, what I like is that you have had a podcast for a while. You've been very supportive of me as I've started, you know, this venture of creating this podcast. And, um, you know, I, I looked at your website. I was glad that we were able to connect and you were trying to come on to the show. And I was looking for individuals like yourself who have like that leadership quality or sales quality. And as I started going through the site, I was like, man, this guy seems like, you know, the perfect type of individual that I want to have on. So I really appreciate you taking some time on uh, Valentine's Day of all days to uh, spend it with me. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I, I got a great, loving, supporting wife, and uh, yeah, so she, she's she's good with us being here. But yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. I really do. And and uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about this space is yeah, there's a little bit of competition, but yeah, I think it's healthy competition. I, I love supporting new podcasters and, and helping them grow. And, and uh, you know, it's a big networking thing, right? That's what this is about. So yeah. I just, I love seeing what you've been doing and, and the folks you've had on the show already. So, you know, and the folks there at the brand seem to be really taking care of you. So love the whole thing you got going, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maurice and them, they, I, I tell you, I probably wouldn't have a podcast if they weren't putting all this stuff together for me i just i I would have no clue where to where to even begin so um you know it it has definitely been an easy process for me because of that support in the background so but you know let's dive right into it you know as i looked into your site you know leadership is something that i feel like is a skill set that is for anybody and everybody and i think especially nowadays i think companies are looking for new or innovative ways to try to um, develop leadership at the, at the top level, but also leadership within organizations. So, you know, I know that what you have is the 11 shields of principles. And what I was hoping we could do is just kind of dive into those layers. And you can, one, start with the background. I'd love to know, like, what brought you to the point where you wanted to start working with businesses and doing coaching for leadership. And then ultimately, uh, you know, these 11 different shields. Yeah. So, uh, my background really started, um, I was maybe about 15 years old. Uh, first place I ever worked. I won't go into all the, the details there, but it was, um, it was a summer job. Uh, but I got put in charge of a bunch of folks who were in their early to mid thirties and Mm -hmm. I'm 15. Um, and you know, 
up until that point, I had this kind of idea, this this Hollywood idea of command and control, you know, point and people just do what you tell them to do. And, you know, that doesn't work so well when you're 15 trying to, to tell 30-year-old men what to do, right? So I had to fall back and, and kind of figure out how I could inspire these these guys to listen to me. And, and I figured it out. I stumbled on it, figured it out. But then fast forward, I get in the Marine Corps and they teach us these things. Uh, the DOD teaches what they call uh, the 11 leadership principles. And uh, that's where these shields kind of came from for the most part. Uh, I say I kind of civilianized them. Uh, but, but one of the things that I love to do is I love to talk about history and leadership. And so when I started thinking about history and I started thinking about leadership and I started all the things that meant something to me, uh, I came on this phalanx uh, I, concept. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, the phalanx concept, you know, you see it today kind of like with riot police with the interlocking shields, but it was really made famous by the Spartans. If anybody's ever seen the movie 300, that's what that was, the Spartan phalanx. And the idea behind it is, is these shields, you know, one Spartan, sure, we saw the movie, uh, was deadly on his own. But when you put these shields together and you interlock them and you let them work together, like, it is very hard to tear that down. And that's the way these shields work. You know, you can do one, you can do two, you can do three. But when you do all 11, you've got a shield wall, you've got a phalanx there uh, that builds a very strong leadership foundation. And I agree with you. Like, leadership is immensely important. Um, and most organizations do a terrible job with it. And mm-hmm. there's studies that show that. There was a big um, Pew Research, uh, Harvard Business Review cited it. But they did a global study. Uh, this was, I want to say, in 2014. And uh, long story short on that, what they found out is uh, the average age that somebody has promoted into a leadership uh, position is their mid-30s. Mm-hmm. When do you think the first time is that they get leadership development training? <laughs> Probably in their 40s. Yep. It was, it was their mid to, uh, early to mid-40s. So there was this 10 to 14-year gap where people were just learning on the job mm-hmm. and they were learning from people who had poor leadership skills to begin with. <laughs> and so that's how we got all these organizations with, uh, you know, poor leadership principles that just perpetuated because they were learning from people who didn't really know how to lead people well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, that makes me think of, you know, when I cut my teeth in this world as an adult, uh, I worked for 84 lumber and, very quickly, I, you know, I'll say that the the manager that I started with, he was ex military, not ex military. He was an ex state trooper, um, very authoritative. I guess would be the best way to say it. He he demanded respect, and uh, he was a bit of an asshole sometimes. But you know, but he ran a, an extremely tight ship. And for me, when I was you know, at that time, I think I was 19, 18 or 19, I kind of needed somebody to kick me in the ass a little. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you know, I would say that when I moved up the ranks, I became a co-manager within like a year and a half working for that specific individual. Um, and then shortly after that, I became a manager. So I would say that, you know, I did at least have a, a representation of good leadership, but then when I became the manager, man, I sucked. <laughs> I was, yeah. you know, and, and I think I was, I didn't know where to go in terms of like how to develop that leadership skill. It wasn't something that was, you know, I wasn't handed like some sort of pamphlet or booklet. Like there, there's some things that you learn, uh, just, you know, on the job training, if you will. 
But, you know, there was no like, hey, here's the blueprint that we follow. And for me as a 20 year old who was managing individuals that were, you know, uh, I, I had employees that were 40 plus, you know, they were double my age. Yep. You know, so I, I'm, I'm trying to like hold them accountable for sales or hold them accountable for, you know, closing the store properly or being on time and, and all that while I can't even go have a drink with them after, after work, you know? So, uh, it wasn't, you know, interestingly enough, um, when, when I left that job, I shortly after read the book, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And, you know, in that book, I was like, man, you know what, if I would have knew that then, man, this would have helped. So that's when really my journey of like, starting to try to develop that skill on my own uh started that's when i started looking for you know the right authors and influencers and all that jazz but yeah it was definitely not something where you know here's the blueprint i was put in a leadership role at the age of 20 trying to lead people twice my age with you know no real censored direction so thought i'd add that yeah. in yeah no and and that's that, that that's it and i love that book um you know because I, I I just wish that people would get that that one piece right. It's like you know Hollywood has this very uh, stylized and ideal, especially when it comes to military leadership and, and police officers uh, get uh, portrayed this way on TV a lot as well. But this command and control, do what I say when I say it. There's an element of that, no lie, that happens. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, the the best leaders that I worked for in the Marines and and period were the ones that knew when to put a boot in your ass, mm-hmm. but when also to, to turn it off and, and build relationships, right? And that's why I, I say all the time, leadership is just another relationship. Everything that makes a personal relationship work is what's going to make a, a leader-follower relationship work. And so you got to know when to turn that on and off. Yep, yep, absolutely. So, so walk me through these uh, uh, 11 shields. Um, you know, I would say, tell me which one's the most important, but I already heard that, you know, all of them are important on their own regard, but together, that's where, you know, that's where the magic happens. Yeah, hundred percent. And, but if I had to pick one that I would say is the most important, because I think if you follow this one, it kind of makes you bring the other ones at least into play in some extent mm-hmm. is you're always on display, right? Yep. You got to remember you are always on display. It doesn't matter what you're doing, Right. Uh, you're that law enforcement officer and you're stopping to to get breakfast. If you and your buddies are sitting around the table, you know, cussing up a storm, telling dirty jokes, all this good stuff with the public there, they're going to see that. They're not going to trust you to protect and serve them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're the leader in an organization that is telling their people, hey, uh, you know, we want to have respect for people. We want to have a calm, cool environment. And on the way in, they're passing you on the road and you're having a fit of road rage and you're flipping people off and you're driving crazy you're not living up to what you're telling them that you want right because right. you never know yeah. when people are going to see you you never know what they're going to see you never know the context they're going to see it in but if you operate on this idea that you were always on display because it is true you are people are always watching you people you don't even know you're setting an example for people that you never uh, know are even looking but they are. So if you keep that one in mind, it's going to help you kind of pull those other other 10 in uh, kind of unwittingly. Yeah. Yeah. So so from there, what, what would be, um, you know, some of the, 
the the core of the uh, remaining 10. Yeah, so I, I'd say the next one, um, introspection and improvement. Uh, you know, that one is, is, is all about like taking the time, getting to know yourself, seeking, seeking those things that you may not want to know about yourself, right? Because I see people, they say, well, I do this. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk to my friends and ask them for feedback. And they're like, hey, you know, man, you're, you're doing everything great. Everything's perfect. And I'm like, no, then you're asking the wrong people. Because if all you're getting is feedback that everything you're doing is great, you're asking the wrong people. Somebody, you need to go find the person who's going to tell you, hey, this is where you're messing up. And it's not enough to, to just find that information out, right? Yep. Then you have to take action. And that's why I put those, uh, those words together, inter, in, introspection and improvement. Because you can't do one or the other. you got to do both of those things together. It's growth. And that's about sending signals, right? Because uh, as leaders, as managers, a lot of times we're expected to provide feedback, uh, give performance reviews, right? Mm -hmm. You want people to take that feedback and make positive change so their work performance increases. If you're doing that, if you're giving them the opportunity to give you negative feedback and you grow and change from it, Mm -hmm. they're going to be more inclined to listen to you when you give them feedback. So it goes back to you're always on display, right? If you're setting that example, then people are going to be more willing to, to listen and follow you. Um, you know, from there, you know, if I had to pick another one to, to really kind of highlight here, um, it would really have to be probably define success, empower team members, and achieve results, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times folks get bound up in this idea of I've got to micromanage, yeah. you know, I've got to micromanage every single detail. And that's just, that stifles success. That, that really stifles success. What you need to do is you need to define what success looks like, mm-hmm. right? This is what we want the goal to be, okay? And, and, and I tell folks, you're kind of, you're defining kind of the perimeters. You're giving them some rules to play in, and then you let them go. Uh, general Patton was quoted as saying, never tell people what to do, tell them what needs to be done, and get, them, get out of the way and let them dazzle you with your brilliance. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. Define what success looks like and then let them run. But that requires empowering your team. You've got to mm-hmm. give them the confidence and the ability to be able to make the necessary decisions to take whatever this project is and run with it and know that you're going to be there to support them with whatever they need and provide guidance. And then the final outcome of that is you achieve results. Now, I put it that way on purpose because – while we would love to have everything always be success, no matter how much money, time, effort, talent you throw at a project, sometimes it's just going to fail. Markets are going to change. Uh, technology is going to pivot away from what you were working on in the beginning. Sometimes it's out of your control, but you're going to achieve results. And what mm-hmm. happens next, we come back to introspection and improvement. Do you take the time to figure out if you failed, what went wrong, learn from it, make improvements if you succeeded take some time figure out what you learned from it what did you miss that could have made that even better so the next iteration of innovation that comes along now you've got a better place to start from there so is that that tracking for you yeah yeah absolutely and one one that i i highlighted just because i was curious about is says create an environment for success is that more or less like a culture of a business or uh I, i want you to dive into that one if you don't mind 
Yeah, no, that's culture is a big piece of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's look at what just happened yesterday, right? Alan, L.A. For for time uh, reference, this is the day after the Super Bowl for folks, right? Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford played for the Detroit Lions for 12 years, okay? Uh, Most people would have had him pegged as a middle-tier quarterback at best. Yeah. Okay? Um, I looked it up. He won as many games this year with the Rams – or actually, he won more games this year with the Rams than he did the last three seasons combined with the Lions. Okay? Yeah. Success breeds success, right? So you want the culture, but you also want to create wins, right? Even small wins. Mm-hmm. The You get that snowball going. It's a snowball effect. And, and that could look like just the smallest of things for folks, right? This is where building those relationships with your team comes in is – what does a win look like for them now, right? And that's what happened with, in my opinion, watching Stafford through the season, that's what happened with him. He wasn't used to winning. He was used to going out and putting up pretty solid numbers Mm -hmm. and having, you know, bad results. I mean, let's be honest. He was a quarterback of the only team in NFL history to never win a game, okay? But he got in there and he got into practice, and and I got to believe that the coaching staff and Sean McVay uh, you know, they, they got him comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. They got him set in. They brought in some weapons for him. And he started getting these smaller victories. And you could see his confidence start going up, 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 and up, right? That's what I mean by, by create that environment for success. If you, it, it's culture, it's attitude, it's language. Going back to the Marines, one of the first things that they do in the Marine Corps is you stop using I. I and me is out the door. Everything is we and us, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing because you're. it's not about, everybody looks at it as taking away your individuality. It's not about taking away your individuality. It's about enforcing that you work together as a team. And that's how success comes in is, is working together as a team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to transition uh, over to the to your podcast. Just, yeah. you know, for those that are listening, um, the Responsible Leadership Podcast, I, I, I want them to just get an idea of what they could expect in terms of the content. I would imagine a lot of it is leadership related, um, where it's a combination of you or you and a guest. But if you don't mind just kind of sharing the show, I'm kind of curious what, what prompted you to start the show. My guess is it kind of revolves around uh, the, the business model here. But, um, yeah. but yeah, if you don't yeah. mind sharing. So I started working uh, with folks like in, 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 when I left the military, I, I went to work for the federal civilian services. Right. And I started hearing a lot of people talk about leadership and they started using all of these military terms. And I started hearing uh, the terms, you know, the, well, that's the burden of command. That's the burden of command. Uh, so I started asking folks, I said, what is what do those words mean to you? And nobody could really give me a good definition. Right. They, they said, well, you know, I heard such and such say it. And, you know, I'm like, no, no. What does it mean to you? And uh, uh, somebody one day said, you know what? I'd really like to hear what other people say it means to them. And I toyed around podcasting before I started with one uh, like several years ago called the Leadership Chronicles, where I would share stories from history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, you know what? I think that's a powerful concept. So it started out as the burden of command. So when you, you start listening to the first episodes, you'll hear me ask folks, what does the burden of command mean to you? Uh, then I got a hold of somebody uh, who was big into SEO, and he says, you know, Earl, 
people don't really uh, Google the words burden or command, you should think about renaming it. And so we sat down and we talked about what can we get to that is as close to burden of command as possible. So we settled on responsible leadership. We're, we're good words. So episode 150, I rebranded it responsible leadership. That's what you hear. Every guest that I have on there, I start off with what does burden of command or what does responsible leadership mean to you? And I've interviewed folks from all walks of life, literally. Lady, um, uh, just a couple episodes ago, she written a book called uh, Walk, Your, Walk Your Way to Better. And she her book, she takes people on 99 walks uh, to help improve their fitness, help improve their life, help improve their creativity. I've talked to mystics who are into spirituality type stuff. Um, you know, I've interviewed just about everybody because I want to hear as many people answer that question as possible. What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, out of the episode 177 just came out today, mm-hmm. out of those 177 episodes, I've probably gotten a, at least 100 different answers, and it has been great. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Earl, um, as we, you know, come around to landing this plane, um, I always like to ask this question. Is there is there a question you wish I would have asked before we uh, before we wrap up this episode? I, you know, I think you did a really good job of, of getting with the shields and all that. Um, I, I just want to, because I think this guy is, is an underrated author, and I just want to read this here real quick, because this yeah. is kind of one of the things that brought me back into uh, landing on this phalanx concept in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name's uh, Stephen Pressfield, and he's written a bunch of books, but but my favorite is Gates of Fire. It was a historical fiction, if you will, about the Battle of Thermopylae, which is depicted in the movie 300. But in there, he's got this great uh, definition of leadership. Um, And in the book, uh, Xerxes is is asking some of the Spartans, why did you follow uh, Leonidas the way you did? And I'm looking over here because I I never want to miss this, so I always have it up so I can read it verbatim. His response was, a king does not abide within his tent while his men bleed and die upon the field. A king does not dine while his men go hungry, nor sleep when they stand at watch upon the wall. A king does not command his men's loyalty through fear, nor purchase it with gold. He earns their love by the sweat of his own back and the pains he endures for their sake. That which comprises the harshest burden, a king lifts first and sets down last. A king does not require service of those he leads, but provides it to them. A king does not expend his substance to enslave men, but by his conduct and example makes them free. Wow. And that's what I really hope when I'm working with folks, when I'm coaching them and we're going through these shields, that's what I really want people to get is what the responsibilities and the burdens of leadership really are. Yes, sir. I think that that was a perfect way to end this episode. You know, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to uh, come on to my show to, you know, spread some wisdom and, and share about leadership. Uh, for those listening um, to find Earl, uh, I know you could probably just find him on on uh, the typical social media platforms like Facebook. Uh, is your show also uh, listed on Facebook? Uh, so it'll be under, if, if you look for Leadership Phalanx, P-H-A-L-A-N-X, uh, everything should show up. It's, it's, it's there under that. Yep. And if you're a business that's looking for coaching and leadership, 
uh, I would recommend that you go to www.leadershipphalanx.com. Uh, yep. And in addition to that, is there anywhere else you would like for anybody to go to try to follow you, reach out, so on and so forth? No, I think that's the I think that's the best spot. I got pretty much everything kind of gateway there to social media, podcast, the whole nine yards. So that's a good spot, buddy. Perfect, awesome. Well, Earl, I appreciate you taking the time on Valentine's Day to come and talk leadership with us, and you know, uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to you know come on your show here in the in the future and try to share what I do. A hundred percent. We got to make that happen, buddy. Yes, sir. And I'm, I want to connect with you offline as well. So I appreciate you coming. All right, sounds good. Everybody, appreciate you. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. You too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Lava Hot Podcast with Joseph Connell Jr. Do you want to level up your business in 2022? Then visit us at golavahot.com for a free marketing analysis. When it comes to protecting home, protecting yours is what Rice's Termite and Pest Control has done for more than 30 years. This termite season, you can rely on Rice's to safely and effectively treat, prevent, and monitor your home for termites. Right now, you can save $50 on any termite treatment program. Call Rice's today or visit DelmarvasBestPestControl.com to schedule a free termite inspection. Rice's Termite and Pest Control, where protecting your home is the family business. When it comes to upgrading the flooring of your home, Matt the Carpet Guy has he covered. With over 90,000 square feet of flooring in stock, we are sure to have the right style and color on hand to fit any home from coastal grays to barnyard brown. We only stock quality, cost-effective flooring options that are durable, waterproof, easy to install, low moisture, and low maintenance. Come visit our showroom in Tax-Free Delaware in the heart of Selbyville or visit us online at mattthecarpetguide.com.